What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the Premier League podcast here on FanRag Sports. My name is Sebastian Noren. With me is Polly Quistel. We are Elliot Less today. He's being a good friend. His friends are in town. Their flight got canceled. So he's on standby for them. So good for yeah, Elliot. Yeah, it's the Vagabond Trade Club. Yes, the Vagabond Trade Club. You get a little membership card. You go to the speakeasies all around the globe. I feel like he would he would find this even if it would be in like some small Peruvian mining town. He would still find that speakeasy somehow. I'd be impressed if a Peruvian mining town had a speakeasy, but if they if they did, he'd find it. He would find it. Yeah, let's head into the action of the weekend here and the big talking point coming out of the Premier League, of course, is Everton parting ways with Ronald Koeman. Uh, you could say that he left the club. You could say that he was fired. I lean towards saying that he was fired, even though the official statement said he left the club. Um, but yeah. Wait, it's unclear? Everton, no, he got fired. No, well, Everton's official statement is he left the club. Yeah, he was told you can leave or we'll kick you out. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, not a good start for Everton under Koeman. They sit in 18th place, eight points in nine games. So uh, not the best of starts for them. Defense has been leaking. Scoring hasn't been there. You know, we've talked about their spending over the summer. Yes, they got a lot of money for Lukaku when they sold him to United, but they've also spent a lot of money bringing in new players, but it just hasn't worked. And Pauly, Dutch manager... Dutch managers in the Premier League haven't been that successful. No, they haven't. And I I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago when I was watching an episode of Premier League News and they showed the stat. You know, the best ones win about 50% of their games or something. It's not that good. And I don't know what it is. Like, there's no reason that someone coming from Holland just shouldn't be able to win in England. No. It, it doesn't make sense what's... No, because we've seen a lot of good players coming out of the Netherlands for many, many years. Right now, they're oh, in... Players and, players and coaches are a whole different thing. Oh, yeah. but they've I don't want had... to compare that the two of them to that because, you know, I don't think the best players always always uh, make the best coaches or managers. True. So I, I'm not going to go there. It's my, um, you know... It's it's my I call it my Wayne Gretzky theory. Like Wayne Gretzky was so goddamn good at hockey, uh, with such natural God given talent that he can't relate to players that that aren't that talented. I I would much rather have a player like uh, that had talent but used his knowledge of the game to really maximize it. Mm-hmm. And by that virtue, I'm shocked that Gary Neville didn't turn out to be a good manager, but I really think Philip Lom will be a very good manager. So, you know, I, I don't want to say like, oh, there's great Dutch players, ergo, they should be able to be managers in the Premier League. That's comparing apples to oranges. No, but it's, it's been a country with good football pedigree on on both ends, both players and managers, because they some of these managers that are on this list have been very success, successful in other leagues. Yeah, no, exactly. And, to me, the most disappointing part about this is Everton are filled right now with players, not just players that are that are really good and talented, but 
players that were really good and talented for bad teams. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you play on a bad team, it's easy for someone to target you and say, if we take this guy out of the match, uh, that team has no chance of winning. Uh, You think Gilfie Sigurdsson at Swansea. If if you took Gilfie out of a match, you know, who does Swansea have? And the answer is no one. And yet Gilfie still did magical things there. And Morgan Schneiderlin was great at Southampton. And Michael Keane was a fantastic defender for Burnley. And all of a sudden now they're they're actually at a team where they should be playing well. And they all suck. Yeah, it's it's been a very strange start here for them. Uh, after a good season last year, uh, Kuman receiving a lot of praise for what he did last season with Everton. Uh, Arsenal taking a 5-2 to two win at Goodison But maybe Park. that's also part of it. Maybe that's one of those things where it's like the chemistry and everything clicked, and then it's like you go and you add a bunch of players, and and boom. And, and let's be honest, um, they had a Lukaku money, but they did not even come close to replacing Lukaku. No. I mean, look, I get it. If you can't score against the top six teams, that's uh, that's what? That's 12 games a year, but that leaves 26 games where he he pretty much scored 26 or 27 goals last year. Well, and it's the thing, too, that even though you have a big war chest, I mean, getting a, a striker of that caliber, it's just hard for a club like Everton. If you're not in the many Champions like League. Lukaku. No. But if you're not in Champions League at that point, it's going to be really tough. Well, the idea is is not to find another Lukaku. The idea is to find the next Lukaku. Oh, yeah. It's, it's you find the next guy who's 21, 22 years old who can become the guy at Everton, score a bunch of goals, and then get poached by a team. You know, yeah. if you're Everton, the unfortunate reality is that's how you have to look at things. You have to look at yourself as a club where we're going to give this guy a chance, and in three years he's probably going to leave. Yeah, but at the same time, it felt like they were really pushing for it here. They wanted to at least be in the conversation of getting even higher up the table. That's why they went out and did all these moves. They didn't make all these moves just to finish seventh again. Right. Well, that exactly. And that's where things got dicey because you messed with your chemistry. You, you did lose Lukaku and you replaced him with Wayne Rooney. I yeah. mean, come on. But Wayne Rooney is great. And I think he's going to be great. And right now, and I predicted him to score over 15 goals and he is right on pace to do that. Cool. But he's not the ruthless finisher that Romelu Lukaku was. And you need to figure out how to get him and Sigurdsson and everybody on the same page when, all right, so maybe maybe the problem is the fact that you have all these guys that were the guy on their really bad team. You know, it, Swansea's offense was, hey, Gilfie, do something with it. Whereas now you're trying to be like, Gilfie, we need you to fit into the team. And let's be honest, he was a washout at Tottenham when he wasn't just the only guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So he's been he's been great for Iceland. They don't really they you know they have a system which is very good, but they don't really have another guy besides Gilfie. No, that's true. I mean, especially up front. I mean, he is the the key to their attack there. So with the vacancy at Everton and Leicester, one name. That is in the mix is Ryan Giggs, and he's confirmed that he would be interested in those jobs. I mean, he's in the mix. Sean Deitch is in the mix, and I don't get that. 
Like, how you could poach Sean Dyche away from Burnley in the middle of the season, that seems ridiculous to me. I mean... Like, if, that shouldn't be legal. Uh, I mean, they can always pay for him. I mean, that's the thing. He's still under contract, so they would have to compensate Burnley. Right. Well, yeah, but it, it just it doesn't make sense to me that you could just be like, oh, we fired our manager in October and we just hired a manager that's under contract in the league right now for well, another team. Well, they, I mean, they have to agree with Burnley. Dice can't just say, "Oh, I'm leaving." They they have to. I agree. mean, that, but that's the way the sport works. Kind of is like, "Oh, Dice says I'm leaving." You know, the same way that players just go, "I'm leaving." Yeah. It didn't happen this past summer, but up until this past summer, players that said, "I'm leaving," tend to leave. And I mean, what are you gonna do if if Dice just says, "I'm leaving"? True. No, I mean you gotta let him go. I mean, look, just look what he's done for Burnley. I mean, I can understand if he wants to try something else. Although I'm not sure that taking over Everton at this point is the best move. No, I don't think so. Either. I can understand why he would do it for a career perspective, but like, has he ever managed players of the quality that Everton have? And again, you got to be able to say, Hey, um, Gilfie, like you need to fit into a team, which yeah. he's never really done. Like he played at Tottenham and he, he flamed out now, then he went to Swansea where he was the only guy. It was great. And now he's at Everton where he's got to fit into a team again. And that's a problem. Yeah. So how do you think as far as Ryan Giggs go, though? Do you think he would be a good fit at Everton? Because, I mean, he would come in and have that swagger. I mean, just look at his resume. It's sort of it's yeah, sort of like and, Sidon. And it would, it would, his you know, relationship with Rooney would definitely help. Yeah. I, I want to draw draw some parallels to Sinan and Sidon because he is – you know, with his resume, he's able to go into a club like Real Madrid and still, you know, get instant respect. He's just like, yeah, here's no, here's stop. what I did as a player. Oh, Ryan Giggs. Stop. Ryan Giggs, one of the best of all time. Stop. Oh, so such a good player. What does the Don do as a manager? He says here, Cristiano Ronaldo, go and kick a ball and score a bunch of goals. He puts his players into a into a field that that just says, "Look, we've got better players here. Let's figure out how to make sure that we are better." And he convinced Ronaldo to rest more during the season so that he was better on the back end of the season. Zinedine Zidane is the Joe is like the the late '90s Yankees Joe Torre of managers. He's there to manage egos. He's there to manage players. He's not there to tactically outclass you. He's not there to sit there and go, ooh, um, Liverpool like to attack a lot, so we're going to play, uh, instead of playing holding midfielders, we're going to play two-way midfielders who can, who can break through that press real quickly. No, he's there to just sit there and, and make sure all of his players who are way better than your players are happy because if they're happy – they're going to play better than your players. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Ryan Giggs can command that respect that Zidane does, but Ryan Giggs is not walking into a situation where uh, his players are better than yours. And I would love to see Zidane walk into a situation where he actually had to do some managing. Mm. Shots fired. There we go. Pauly taking a dig at Sinan and Zidane. That's okay. It's okay. So look, just look, he's done great. Like he did, he's done what many other managers couldn't do at Real Madrid, which is manage the egos. And he's a great choice for them. 
you know, because one of the reasons is he's not removed. He's not far removed from being one of them. He knows how they think. This is exactly why last year after we won three games, I said, fire Mourinho now. Uh, he did his job. He signed the players that we needed to sign and bring in Ryan Giggs because Ryan Giggs can manage that group of players. Mm. But if you're Everton, do you do you look at Ryan Giggs and say, hey, we, you know, might be sort of a risk to, because he's still unproven. So do you give him a deal that goes to the end of the season? I mean, how close are they to signing it? I, I mean, I don't think it's very close at this point. But if you're, I mean, I if you, I just, I don't if you're the Everton board. The I, I don't know because you're you're real you're flirting with relegation here. I, it would help that he's got a good relationship with Rooney, but Rooney's the only guy that's showing up this year so far. Do you call in Big Sam? You don't call in Big Sam. Big Sam cannot manage club football until 2019. Ah, because then he owes Crystal Palace money. So that's apparently the reason that he is very much interested in the U.S. job and not interested in club football. You know, you do call in though. Who do you call in? You call in that arrogant POS, Bruce Arena, who is wildly successful at club football, albeit in the U.S., but don't tell him that. The one who says that the European guys don't know anything more about coaching than the American guys. And so, Bruce, if you think it's so easy, I'd like to see your hotshot go to Europe and try to do something there. Yeah, I don't think he's really on their radar, to be honest. I would love it, though. Yeah. You know what? Let's put your arrogant ass out in Europe and watch you get curb stamped. After you sat here in America telling us, well, the Europeans don't really know anything more about the game than we do. And I'd love to see them come over here and compete. Yep, that's Brucey, all right. We're going to take a break with that. We'll be right back, so stick around. Okay, and we're back. And uh, with Kuman gone, like we said, there's two vacancies right now, Everton and Leicester. Is there another manager that could be next in line to get fired? And is he German? And is his name Jürgen Klopp? Do you, like, you, do you remember like four weeks ago when we said, God, there's so much value on Slavon Bilic to be the first man fired? Yes. And it's Did like, you, he might not, well, I, I can't, I can't see Jurgen Klopp getting fired, but oh boy, are those voices loud. Yeah. So they lost and, four to one away to Tottenham. It did not look good. And, um, I mean, a lot of it comes down to the their second time this year. It didn't look good. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it just comes down to a very shaky defense because they are good going forward. It's, yeah, well, it's just that uh, well, there's such a big gap in skill and quality level. They there. weren't that good going forward against Tottenham. No, that is true. I mean, and that's the thing and, too, though. I don't see them as a bona fide top four team. I do see Spurs as a very good contender for a top four spot. I don't see Liverpool as a top four team. But like, what? So let's go back to what you said. Like, they're very good going forward. What's crazy is. Spurs in this game, they played Harry Winks and Deli Alley as their as their midfield two. You know, that's not that doesn't scream holding midfield. That screams, like I said, like I alluded to before, was Liverpool like to press and we're going to play guys that can move the ball through that press real quick. Mm-hmm. 
good counter strategy by Mauricio Pochettino, it could have disastrous effects. Last year, I used to scream, Deli Ali should be playing next to Eric Dyer because he can do what Paul Pogba does. He can sit back and defend. And he, you could also give him the freedom to roam forward and become a menace in the attack. They tried it a few times. It didn't work. Granted, he's young. Maybe he'll become that guy. Maybe not. He found a lot more success as their number 10. But, oh boy, did, did Liverpool not even come close to taking advantage of this. This worked way better, I think, than Tottenham could have predicted it working. Yeah, I mean, I, I gave Liverpool too much credit. I predicted 4-2, and it ended 4-1. Yeah, we didn't even get we – we laughed at you when you suggested Spurs yeah. were going to hit them for four. Uh, you know, it's frustrating because we we just watched United not even try to attack this awful defense mm-hmm. that also featured Dejan, Dejan Laverne. Yep. Uh, who, uh, way before this show started, before he left for Liverpool, I actually thought was going to be a very good defender in the, in the league. Uh, so I'll eat, I'll eat crow on that one. <laughs> Yeah, Not that I made it public and everything, but, no, but I, I mean, and but then, that's and, how much of a man I am that I admit to my secret mistakes. Yeah, and then you still have the problem that is Alberto Moreno, Yul uh, Matip. I mean, he's decent, but he's not a a, def- a central defender that you you know you can rely on to be a I don't know what do you want to call it. Um, sort of a defensive leader and sort of lead the charge from the back. And then you got Joseph Gomez, who's, you know, fairly unproven. There's so much. First of all, the best tweet I saw on Twitter was, congratulations to Mauricio Pochettino for making Dayon Laverne, like, so good that, uh, such such a good player that Liverpool spent all that money on him and then also making him (laughs) be a defender that got subbed out after 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, because he was so bad. Yep. Yeah. I'm... Yeah, I get it, but and I, I don't want to heart. I, I know that the anti-Klopp crowd, and I will. I've I've always been adamant that I hate the fact that Klopp manages Liverpool because I love Jurgen Klopp. Mm-hmm. I don't want to harp on the fact that as as the anti-Klopp crowd does of the fact that he didn't do anything in Jack in the transfer window, but it's like you didn't do anything in the transfer window. You have bad defenders. And yeah, I get it. You went after Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, they put all and, their eggs in that, and that basket. situation blew up in your face. Mm-hmm. The situation blew up in your face. Cool, okay. And yeah. Southampton refused to play ball with you, and they wouldn't sell him. You couldn't get someone else? I mean, that, that was the thing, though. They didn't have a good plan B there. They put all their eggs in that well, you don't Virgil need a van Dijk. Have a, you don't need a good plan B. You need a plan B. Like... Like, remember when United wanted Alvaro, Alvaro Morata and eventually it became complicated? So they just said, okay, cool, we'll take Romelu Lukaku. Like, you don't need a, a, a good plan B. You just need the plan B. And there's other center backs available. How did you not go after any of them? You know, Michael Keane was available. Ended up in Everton. How did you not go after him? Yeah, no, it's it's puzzling. And I mean, now I read that, you know, Barcelona, they went off for 80, is it 80 million pounds or 80 million euros, something for Coutinho. Take that money, invest it in the defense. I don't, I'm, all right. I've, I've already heard too much about, about Barca and their lack of interest in Coutinho. I, I'm not, I'm not buying into any more interest in Coutinho. 
And I mean, yeah, but let's say they do sell him. Then make sure to spend that money on defenders. Well, you have what's-his-face coming in. The guy from Monaco. No, Leipzig. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I'm blanking on the name now, though. Yeah, so yes. he's uh, uh, not Lamar. Um, it's Keita. Okay. Keita. Yeah, he's coming in. So you, you kind of have that set. But again, yeah, spend the money, get somebody else like that, but bring in defenders. Like it, and and it, a goalie. It, it's, well, uh, <laughs> I don't think Mignolet was the problem in this game. No. But it, what it comes down to now is, okay, you didn't do that. You have until January until maybe get a defender. And like it doesn't have to be, you know, the best of defenders. You can get a squad defender. Just get someone. But it's coming down to January. What do you do until then? Yeah, that is the million-dollar question. Well, that's what I'm asking you. Yeah, I have no idea. If I'm Klopp, I'm, I would try and get someone else in, you know, except Moreno and Lovren now at this point. I don't know if I want to – do you want to switch system and play with three center backs, although you don't have any good ones? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. Think of think of how else that affects the team. You want to play with three center backs despite not having any good ones. Who are your wing backs? Uh, oh, that's that's a tough one. Uh, maybe Alexander Arnold and uh, Gomez. James Milner. Go on the left? James I mean, Milner. I mean, the, I mean, at a certain, right, James back. Milner cannot play wing back. The same way that Alberto Moreno, I would not trust as a wing back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know how you fix this. Do you drop Emre Khan back? Play him as a central defender? I don't think so. You first of all, the Emre Khan issue is they need to sign him. That's a bigger issue than where he's going to play. Yeah, I mean, they their only hope is that they just push pedal to the metal and outscore their opponents, which they clearly could not do against Spurs. I mean, they, well, they can't do it against good teams. It it just... It, 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 maybe, but like maybe they should play against good teams the way they played against Arsenal. Hmm. But let's see. I want to take a quick look at their schedule here. Uh, They've gotten some of their hard games out of the way, but yeah, I'm trying to look here. At City, at Tottenham, they still have to go to to Chelsea. They've played United yeah. already. Um, no, they play at home against Chelsea. So November, they played Chelsea already. No, no, they play at home against Chelsea on November 25th. Oh, right. Well, um, yeah. So they, well, they still have to play Chelsea twice. You know, I'm just looking at the games for the remainder of this year until we get into January. Uh, so that's a tough one. Chelsea's a tough one. Uh, and then they got Arsenal on the road on December 22nd. I mean, those are the only... Well, you got the Derby against Everton. Uh, but... You know, uh, that's not yeah. a tough one. Yeah. It's at home, too. So. I don't care if you could throw out the records when those teams play. That's yeah. not a tough one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say Chelsea and Arsenal are the only real tough games they have in the league. To close out the calendar year. So, yeah, just go at it. Try to outscore your opponents. 
it won't look pretty at the back, but I mean, it, it is what it is at this point, and then you'll have to try to go out, sign some players in January, uh, which is going to be tough because, I mean, a lot of teams are reluctant to let go of their players in January. I definitely yeah, don't think I definitely don't think they'll get Van Dyke in January. No, they're not going to get Van Dyke ever. So I mean, they might get him in the summer, but yeah. So it's a tough road ahead for Liverpool. They're down ninth place right now, thirteen points, fourteen goals scored, but sixteen goals allowed. So that's sort of it is what it is. There. Uh, let's move over to Chelsea. They took a four-two win over Watford. Although it was a fairly tough game. It was uh one nothing first, Pedro scored, then uh Abu Dayale Dokure. I probably butchered his name, but whatever. Uh tied things up in stoppage time in the first half. Then uh, Roberto Pereira gave Watford the lead. Forty ninth minute Michi Bachuai scored in seventy first, tied up. Aspilicueta gave them the lead in 87th, and then Bacuay got a second one deep into stoppage time. So uh, it looks better on paper than it was for yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, no one told no one told Watford they're not supposed to be good. I mean, we have to give a lot of credit here to their manager, Marco Silva. It's not the well. All right, it is the manager. It's a bit of the manager, but it, there's a lot more here. It's like. Let's give credit to Watford for their strategy from the top down. Yeah, and that's, that out, comes from the manager. Well, no, I think it goes above the manager, from the club level down. Okay. Is they set out to say, who are we, what can we be, and what can we not be? And they decided, you know, unlike Everton, who Everton said we fit. Everton is the classic example of we got too big for our boots, of we we did this and we – we don't know who we are, so we feel like we need to get better when you're not better. You know, it's it's like when Sam Allardyce finished eighth with Bolton, and all of a sudden it was like, well, you're not improving on that, so you're fired. Where it's like, you're Bolton. You're not going to get better than eighth. Everton were seventh. They were, they were seventh, which on the surface isn't great, and it's not as good as they have previously finished. But when you look at what... United, City, Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea are. Seventh is the best. It's the best of the rest. You are, like, remember, United were terrible last year. They couldn't win games. And at no point did we ever think they could fall out of sixth. You know, we, we just said, you know, fifth might be too far away, but Everton aren't going to catch them. And Everton decided we want to compete with them. Don't move. Watford, on the other hand, said, who are we? What can we be? And what are we not? He said, well, everybody after sixth place, seventh to like 14th, 15th place, we're all in the – it was all a mixture. It was – you know, everybody was tightly wound in there. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like the Bundesliga where everybody's in, in the middle of the pack in the same. So Watford said, we want to be the best of that pack. You know, we don't need to finish sixth, seventh. We're going we're gonna to be the best team that's not in that top six. And look at what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, they had a little blimp on the radar there, losing 6 nothing at home to Manchester City. Although, Yeah, cool. That's Manchester City. Yeah, it is. It is. And they bounced back after that. They got two wins in their three games after that. They beat Arsenal 2-1 to one in one of those games, which was you know a very good win for them. And they're sitting in sixth place right now. So they're doing some things right. 
And we got to give mean, them that, credit. Look, that's the strategy. That's the strategy. Is let's go for seven. Make sure we beat all the teams that are on par or below us. Let's go for seventh. And if one of those top six teams wants to screw things up and give us a chance, all right, then we'll make a run for that. But, you know, it's not like we can make a run for fourth because two of those, you know, three of those teams aren't going to screw up that much. No, so credit true. to them. Yep. Credit to them. It's, it's okay, let's set our goal of we're going, we're, we're aiming to finish seventh. Like, it's a different league. When you play Chelsea and when you play United and when you play City, it's a different league. But what we're going to do is we're going to try to take points off everybody else. And and we're going to try to finish seventh. And and that's our goal. And, and that's where we're aiming for. And everybody else is, you know, everybody else that gets into these situations, they, they say, well, we need to improve. Wofford are just saying, no, that's the best you can do right now. And maybe if they finish seventh a few years, you know, it, Teams lose focus. Uh, they say, we finished seventh this year. We want to improve next year. You, you can't. And you can't finish seventh again. You know, you want to finish seventh two, three times in a row before you start saying, okay, maybe now we can make a push. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you finish seventh, odds are you're going to get a Europa League spot. Yes. That is very And true. From, from there... Then it's a different then it's a different ballgame. But if you finish seventh and that happens, okay, that's progress. You know, maybe you finish seventh this year and uh give me any club. Uh who's in tenth right now? Maybe Stoke makes a run. Uh Stoke might might have been eliminated already, but maybe Stoke makes a run and, and wins the league cup. You know, maybe that happens. And you don't. You finish seventh, and you don't make the Europa League. Okay, but maybe next year when you, if you finish seventh, you do. There's your progress. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we're gonna take our second break, and when we come back, we'll take a look at the Carabao Cup, who that heads into the round of sixteen, starting tomorrow. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Okay, so it's time for the Carabao Cup. We're in the round of 16. This is the League Cup, I should say, too, so people understand that. Just Carabao, it's much more fun to say. Uh, that is the one thing that it has going for it. I mean, it's the... I, I, I forget the stats, but I think it was the second most popular energy drink in Thailand. I Don't quote me on that, but I think that's what it is. I don't is. care what how popular it is as an energy drink in Thailand. I care about how popular it is as a, as a name for the... For the freaking league cup yeah i mean i i want to i want to get my hands on some carabao here i'm wondering if it's available somewhere um uh, if you I know, don't i don't i don't i don't want to know what they're drinking over there i want to try i don't want to mess with it i want to try it i want to try that thai red bull was all always awesome came in like a little glass bottle super concentrated uh, but yeah let's take a look at the slate of games here tomorrow bournemouth middlesbrough leicester leeds arsenal norwich Swansea, Man United, Bristol City, Crystal Palace, Manchester City against Wolves. And then Wednesday, Chelsea, Everton, and Spurs, West Ham. Anything that sticks out? Um, like, Are we really doing a whole segment on the Carabao Cup? Because that's so much more than the Carabao Cup deserves. Hey, we can do five minutes, and then we'll do five minutes of something else, and then we got Elliot's mobile take to round things off. I, City are going to win big. Um, United might not. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're United, coming off this loss to Huddersfield, if, you know, we've been harping on Mourinho for not rotating the squad enough. What are you doing in a game like this? 
Because you, you need Scott you, McTominay. You, you need confidence back, but at the same time, he needs to rotate his freaking squad. So that's exactly what it is. Is you start players that you don't rotate. You don't start eleven new guys. You know. No, but Rashford at least starts up top. At least start like four new guys. Right. I would say Rashford starts on top. I want Martial to start on the left because I want. Mourinho to get into his freaking head that Martial and Rashford can both play at the same time. They are not two mutual, uh, mutually exclusive entities. Mm-hmm. Maybe you start Wingard on the right because, well, you need to give him a game, I guess. The key is you start Scott McTominay. You start Scott McTominay and you definitely start Victor Lindelof mm-hmm. because if anyone needs confidence, oh, it's yeah. Victor Lind- Lindelof after having a game so bad, uh, you would have been talking about it on Monday if Dayon Laverne didn't exist. Yeah, um, Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, hor- so, yeah. Horrible, horrible game. Uh, I'm assuming Romero will be in net. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, who cares though? I yeah. mean, but do, do you, you start with Shaw? Do you play Twan Sebe? He's still alive. Yeah, play well, but can you play Axel Tonzebe to uh, Tonzabi with Lindelof and then not have like any cohesive leadership at the back? Yes. But then again, who's playing next to him? Who's play, who's playing next to him? Yeah. And then play. Dar- you know what? Maybe Darmian? you play the back three. Maybe you play Smalling, Tonzabi, and Lindelof. Yeah, that could work. Darmian as a wing back. And and Luke Shaw as the wing back. Yeah. And then you play. You play Ander Herrera and um, and Scotty Boy and and Scott McTominay in in the midfield because Nemanja Matić is dead already, and we're only in October and he's already dead. Yeah, he's run a so lot. You, you, it's it's important. Like, see, here's the, the here's the difference of the way I look at it is you can rotate your squad all you want, but like if if Mourinho did that. If he played Rashford up top and Martial on the left and Lingard on the right and Ander Herrera in there, but also Scott McTominay and someone else, you wouldn't say he's mailing in the competition. You'd say he's rotating his squad Mm -hmm. as opposed to other teams where they just freaking mail it in. I I am not a fan of anybody mailing it in. I am, especially in the League Cup, I'm 100% in favor of letting kids play. Don't mail it in, though. And I don't think playing McTominay would be mailing it in. Oh, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I mean that, that's the thing, the though. You got to give these players a chance somewhere, and this is a good spot is, to do it. And this is what bothered me when watching the game against Huddersfield is we've seen Matic and Herrera now a couple of games in a row, three games in a row actually, um, because of injuries, and that's just a partnership that's not working. Mm-hmm. Will it work eventually? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. But what I can tell you is at the moment – it's not working. And right now, Mourinho is sitting there going, well, I have nobody else to play, so I have to play them. You have McTominay. You just gave McTominay a new contract. Like, get it out of your head that he's an academy graduate, the same way that you got it out of your head that Rashford was or that Lingard was, and just play the freaking kid. I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh... And, and that's not to say that McTominay is the answer to, to our problems or that McTominay is going to go on to be good. You know, I thought Tom Cleverly was going to go on to be amazing. He stinks. <laughs> McTominay might see the same fate. But at this point right now, if you're looking at 
Herrera and Matic and it's not working, just try something else. Yeah. Where, where's Darren Gibson when you need him? Yeah, because yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Every time he got the ball, it was like, shoot. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah, because what else was he going to do? He couldn't pass. He couldn't dribble. No, that's true. True, true, true. Yeah. Uh, if you're some of the other teams, he though. He could shoot it. <laughs> if you're a Leicester City at this point, how do you form up against Leeds? Because honestly. The same if, way you form up against everybody. <laughs> It's just I, I don't know I'm, I'm I'm unsure of how they're supposed to go through go through here because I mean they did pick up a win uh, two to one over Swansea that classic we got someone else behind the bench here now positive vibes yada yada uh, interim manager blah 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 but their the issue focus is more here. that they have they seem to have a team they seem to have a team that's ready to quit on their coach at any at any hardship yeah because you got a lot of players that might not want to be there anymore. Morris clearly doesn't want to be there anymore. No, but Jamie Vardy like kind of quit on Ranieri and then all of a sudden Shakespeare comes in, Vardy's back. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think this new, I think the guy that they currently have is going to stick it out for the rest of the year. I, I don't know, but again, like, yeah, if Lester lose to Leeds, it's bad, but look, at the end of the day, Lester, they're not going to be, uh, yeah, I don't think even a league cup right now could save this period, this period of their of their of their club. It, it's it's no. a club that has been involved in a relegation fight three of the past four years, and the other year they won the league. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Leeds. I mean, they're doing well in the championship. They're in fourth place right now, and they're coming off a three nothing win against Bristol City over the weekend. And uh, like we said, Bristol City they go up against Crystal Palace. That's a winnable game. Yeah, well, any time you play Chris Pass, you might Unless you're Chelsea. Um, yeah, so Wednesday games, Chelsea-Everton. I mean, honestly, I don't really like seeing the Premier League matchup at this point. No, I hate it. I hate it. Because you're, you're, you're just watching one team's reserves play against another team's mixture of their starters and reserves. Yeah, exactly. So it sort of is what it is right there. Uh, Spurs West Ham sure it's nice with the London Derby but at the same time like you said it's going to be fairly heavily rotated squads on both sides there I think I think West Ham takes this a little bit more it's, it's pretty much like watching that like when the US used to have that friendly against Mexico every April mm. uh, where like it wasn't an international date so it was just MLS players yep yeah that's true that's true. Okay, we're going to round things off here with Elliot's mobile take as he couldn't be with us today. So with that, we'll say goodbye. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm Seven Oren, Paul is P. Questel, and Elliot is Keats Was Better. And we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Stop me if you've heard this one before, where let's say you're going to a party and your friend says that, oh, she's got these... These three cute friends who are all single and you're going to meet them. And then, oh, suddenly only one of them's there and, you know, he loves anime and you hate it. Or let's say that it's two of them there and one of them hates Gossip's Girl and that is a deal breaker. And the other one, he loves Frenette and your ex just loved that. And that's also a deal breaker. Let's say that, no, you're, you're going to a restaurant and... The head chef is there, but the sous chefs aren't and everything's terrible. Or the sous chefs are there and the head chef isn't there. 
I don't care what it is. There is a triumvirate, a troika, three people who all need to be there for everything to click, and they're not. Until, until you have Arsenal away at Goodison Park and the front three of Mesut Ozil, Alexis Sanchez, and Alexander Lacazette are there and they slam them for five goals. And you know what? I'm given by disposition. I'm not a half glass full kind of guy. I'm an Arsenal supporter. How could I be? And yet we see the prolific production from these three players. I don't care that it was against a manager who was embattled and ultimately fired. I don't care that it was against a team that went down to 10 men. Deservedly, it should be said. This is this is the future, future of Arsenal Football Club. And it might be only for the next few months, right? Like, it might be until the end of the season and they might be gone. But I don't care because this is what gives... Arsenal Football Club hope. This attacking front three in the first time they have started together was dominant. They were dominant from the beginning. Arsenal, characteristically, from a terrible mistake by Xhaka, led in an easy goal. Easy goal. Easy possession. A well, a well-taken goal from Rooney. Like, we'll give him that. And then... They came on to crush the opposition. Say what you will about the opposition. Say what you will about them leaving. This is the front three that Arsenal can and need to believe in. That's, I mean, that that is as fine a point as I or anyone can put on it. Doesn't mean that they're going to win. Doesn't mean that they're going to do any better than they did in their first performance here today. But... It's as fine a point as Arsenal's attacking front three have put on anything so far this year. So you'll take it and live in hope as an Arsenal fan. You'll take it as the insult to injury as an Evertonian. Um, Hopefully they'll do better without Ronald Koeman. We'll see who that is. Come <laughs> on.